I look back at 2020 and see that he provided everything I needed just when I needed it. And so for now, I'm looking to the future and realizing that God was faithful then and he's going to be faithful now. Um, I don't have to worry about a thing. Like I just have to trust him. So yeah, it's just the past of God's faithfulness definitely helps me not to worry in this place that I'm in now. Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio, and Drew Brown, Juno-nominated singer-songwriter and worship leader. Both hope to share insights into Christian music, exploring ministry, message, and everything in between. You can connect with the show at faithstrongtoday.com slash between the grooves or via Twitter at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and Drew. We are back. James Curtis here. Backstreet's back. That's right. Sorry. <laughs> There's a throwback for you. There's a throwback. <laughs> Sorry, if you didn't understand that, folks, then uh, you uh, need to listen back to your, I guess, 90s music, right? That's or right. Early 90s, I think? Uh, I don't even know. Yeah. Whatever. 90s. Uh, I'll guess. Yeah, close enough. I'll guess. So listen to yeah. all the music from the 90s, and then you'll figure out what we're talking about. <laughs> And, and when you come back, just uh, hit pause on this podcast and then uh, and then continue playing once you've had a listen. That's right. There you go. Welcome to Between the Grooves. James Curtis here along with my buddy, Drew Brown. Hey, hey, hey. I guess we should uh, let everyone know uh, the fact that we've got a great guest on the show today. We do. We do. This is somebody that was on the podcast right in the genesis of this podcast yeah. really in the first few months and we chatted with hannah kerr and uh, what a pleasant fun person to hang out with and we're going to get to that conversation in just a bit she has had a lot of changes in her life over the last year as many people have but but we'll hear from her in particular what has changed for her uh, and of course adapting with her career and her family life and whatnot and just really trusting God just a timely message from her and a fun conversation to be a part of we're going to get to that in just a bit but before we do just wanted to mention Drew I ran into this uh, article recently about the Grammys they're making some changes on the way voting happens with their members they are number one they're going to be eliminating secret committees for the big four category nominations of course album of the year song of the year record of the year and best new artist and then they're going a route that perhaps is a little uh odd i suppose because it's going to mean it's a lot of work they previously uh, the grammy nominations were finalized by between 50 and 30 music industry peers representing their genre community so people that know about and are familiar with their particular genres. Very similar to what the Juno Awards has been doing for for years and years. I've been a Juno uh, judge for a number of years. And what happens there is uh, they will have up to 10 judges per category. And so for me, it was the Christian contemporary gospel category. And there's going to be nine other judges, but I don't know who they are. And you take a list of, of, say, anywhere between 35 and 60 submissions into that category, and then you whittle it down so then you can, you know, have a smaller vote later on in a few months' time. And all the other judges do the same. And most of the artists I'd be familiar with, some I'm not, so you're going to listen to some of this music. But it is a bit of work, First, especially mm-hmm. the first round. There's a lot of work to listen to the various songs and and. Um, albums that are being submitted and then from there we have a final vote you know to be here's the top 10 you know give us your first first pick first second and third pick it's kind of uh the way it's being done and then all the main categories are still uh judged or voted on by everybody that's a part of the junos and by everybody, right, right. the Junos is, is put together by an organization called Keras. And so if you're a member of Keras, one of your rights as a member is to vote for all the main categories. And that's how they handle things from year to year, just to me as a, as a pretty fair way of doing it. And it mm-hmm. you know keeps the workload down for, for most of the members. It almost right. seems a little odd that the Grammys are going this route where they're going to have a final pool of nominees for nearly all the Grammy Awards decided on by a majority vote of Academy voting members. Wait, wait, I'm confused. They're going to have like pretty much, I mean, for the majority, 
of, of these of these categories. Yeah. Like everybody can vote. Well, it, 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 so, it sounds that way. The way you know the, the, that's the way it sounds. The, the 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 way they're moving. They've got a total of eighty six categories now. So I guess members <laughs> now maybe maybe you can as a member. Now I'm not in the states, but maybe as a member you can choose to withdraw from certain categories if you're unfamiliar with it. You can do that with the Junos now, anyways. Hopefully, right? yeah. Right. That's so right. that's right. But yeah, yep. I mean that's a lot of listening. That's a lot of. Uh, hopefully not yeah. a popularity contest, you know? Well, I mean. It, that never it, happens. Yeah. That never happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to say anything, but yeah, exactly. So that will be a big change for the 64th annual Grammy Awards, which is scheduled to wow. take place in January of 2022. Uh, a lot more work, I suppose, for their voting members to vote for all these different categories. Hmm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Wow. So, yeah. I know, I mean, I think the way the Junos have been done is a great way to vote for them because it takes a while to vote. As a, as a member, it takes That's a long right. time even to vote for the main categories. It takes a good, yep. you know, a chunk of your time to go listening and to vote. And hopefully you're familiar with the category. Uh, for some of the stuff that I voted for in the past, I might just decide, you know what, I'm not going to vote in this category because I'm unfamiliar with it, which is fair. Right. right? And that right. would knock down some time, but still a bit of, you know, a bit of time to vote for these things. Now in the Grammy Awards, I guess there's going to be more stuff to vote for. And it's just going to take you longer to do. Wow. I suppose you get a more fair vote as long as you're familiar with that genre. That's the key. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that's interesting, uh, interesting news. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. They've added a couple of categories as well. So, yeah. Interesting. Anyways, with that said and done, uh, it is time to get to our conversation with Hannah Kerr. And as we mentioned earlier, we're going to catch up a little bit with her, see what, uh, what's been up with her and her life and uh, some nice changes in her life, but certainly it's been a different year for her as well. Let's get Between the Grooves with Hannah Kerr. chatted with you on this show uh man it's a while ago four years ago yeah Would that be it's about been right? a minute yeah yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. you know out of everyone that we've chatted so we're in close to 200 episodes now if if not over by now um wow. in all the conversations we've had if there was one interview that went to the podcast world and then we lost the original audio that would be you Way. Yeah, I'm serious. Like out of everybody that we, we don't know what happened to it, the original audio file disappeared. Um, uh, we, you know, we've tried looking back in the archives. Who knows where it went? I mean, it's still aired and everything else, and it's still wow. out there. But, but the, you know, the raw content is is gone. We have no idea, no idea where it went. So it just disappeared. Just it disappeared. Said, nope. Yeah. Yep. yeah. <laughs> And I guess God. this crazy. this whole thing came down because the general manager of our podcast network and our radio station, uh, or actually now he's the president, um, met you at Kingdom Bound in Buffalo. Yeah. And from there, we you know had conversations and and we were able to get you uh, onto the show. And the thing I got to ask you from the front end uh, is: your dad still doing the Black River Entertainment thing? Yes, he is. So can I say, wow, like that yeah. company has grown. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been really crazy. I feel like God has really blessed Black River and just, yeah, my dad has been such a great leader of the company and it's been amazing. I feel like he's just hired people that are really amazing at their job and know exactly what they're doing. And then he's such a great like motivator and dreamer and leader. So it's been really cool to watch how it's just kind of grown and... Yeah, I, I'm happy to just be a witness to it. It's been awesome. You were the first Christian artist signed uh, to that label, correct? I was, yes. And now there's a bunch of Christian artists. We had yeah. uh, Maddie Mullins on recently, and of course oh, he's with great. you guys as well. So, yeah. Uh, would you ever collaborate with Maddie? Two different oh, styles I totally of music. Would. Yes. <laughs> Two totally I different he's styles. So cool. The fact that yeah. he does like heavy metal, but then also does like. Christian pop radio. It's just like, what can the man not do? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, amazing. And did you know, did you know that he has, <laughs> here we go, here we go. Did you know that he has, uh, he has a hair product line? 
What? Did you know that? Yeah, that's the one thing we discovered in our conversation right. with him. And Seriously? Not, not that that's it would help crazy. Drew, because Drew doesn't have any hair, but but he's got the beard thing going. So <laughs> yeah, you could use the beard, beard oil, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've got wow. I've got a sparse head of hair, but I'll take what I can get, right? <laughs> so yeah, that was it. That we're gonna, was. We're really gonna try and get sponsored and all wow. that stuff. You know, we'll be like we'll be influencers. Yeah, hey. you'll be influencers. Hey. Yeah, that's amazing. amazing. I think he also has some kind of partnership with Traeger Grills. Like he, gets yeah, he does that's meat he delivered does. to him or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, what? I just have never met somebody with so many fun facts. Like <laughs> he, he likes to barbecue, doesn't he? He yeah, loves he to does. barbecue. The man loves yeah. good barbecue. I'm going. I'm going to his it. place. I'm telling you, no because he's perfected it. That's for sure. I'm halfway he there. Has. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. I don't have anything interesting like that. So this is going to be a boring podcast. No, no, not at all. I mean, what's what's interesting about you is you got married during a pandemic. And that's yeah, that's a big thing right there. Like who gets married during a pandemic? You can't have the big fanfare that you would normally get. I know it really was so crazy. Like, I think the lockdown happened maybe a week or two weeks before our wedding date. And it's so funny because my brother, Josh, he got married a month before us and had his normal wedding, completely normal. Like everybody was there. All our family traveled from New York. And it was just so crazy that three weeks or a month after that, everything was so different in the world. It's true. I I went to an online wedding uh, a couple of months ago. It was my nephew getting married. They actually pushed up their wedding because they figured, you know what, nothing was going to change as far as lockdown <laughs> and restrictions and everything else. So they just figured, yeah. you know what, we're just going to make it earlier because they already had a place that they that they had rent on and and that they were going to be moving into and stuff. And yeah. can I say, and I don't know if I ever told you this, Drew, but my wife said that was the best wedding we've ever attended. And <laughs> and the reason why, the reason why is because it was over the lunch hour. So I'm chowing down on lunch. Yeah. Um, secondly, um, we didn't have to get changed. We didn't have to drive anywhere, <laughs> yes. like just right. track pants, whatever, right. um, yes. just wearing your pajamas, whatever. You're just sitting there and just watching and, and 20 minutes later, it's done. It was awesome. Yep. Hallelujah. That kind of is great. I mean, yeah. <laughs> honestly, yeah. On the other side of it, like being the one who did a wedding in the pandemic, we kind of thought it was better too. Like just even better than we could have planned because we had our ceremony with 10 people there. Yep. And then we just left. We got to our hotel at like six. It was the easiest, most like peaceful, beautiful day. And we didn't have to worry about saying hello to 200 people. Like right? yeah. it was honestly really sweet and obviously very different than we thought it would be. But looking back, I don't know that if I had to choose, I would do it any differently. That's I guess cool. I guess it would be cost effective too because you don't have to worry about the reception. So I mean, yeah. can I say weddings cost a lot of money? They really they do. Really yeah. Do. Yeah, they it's, do. It's crazy. So I, I mean, you could you could months later, like two years later, have some kind. I, th- that's what my one of my brothers did once when it, he eloped with his wife. Mm-hmm. Now I went to the wedding. I got I got a phone call a week before saying, "Oh, are we still getting together for lunch next week?" And by the way, can you come an hour early for the wedding? That's how I. <laughs> kind of found out about it and and he needed wow. me there as a witness so so you know we showed up for the wedding had lunch and everything else afterwards my mom my parents basically pretty ticked off that they weren't invited but they were in a different part yeah. of the country like they were literally <laughs> right across the country and they wouldn't have been able to come last minute anyways but right. what they did with him is a month or two later they had what they called a homecoming party and <laughs> and that was kind of like what the wedding reception would have been Right. So you have yeah. all these people, and, but they're already married at that point and, and, yeah. and less stress because of that. Totally. And, and That's they, right. That's right. they got everybody else to do the work. So they just kind of showed up. It was awesome. Perfect. That's pretty much exactly what we did. We had our reception, uh, three weeks ago, actually. Okay. So we oh, got great. married last year in 2020 and then we were supposed to have our reception in September. So it'd be about six months after our wedding. 
And um, obviously it was still really locked down and everything at that point. So we ended up moving it again to be like a anniversary party. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> so we still had everybody come that was going to come and we just like wore masks and socially distanced. And it was, a, I mean, it was what it was, but it really was great too. Like there was no pressure. There was no like nerves. Um, it was just a really sweet day. And I was worried it would feel weird because we had already been married for a year, but I wore my dress. He wore his tux. All our friends wore their, you know, wedding party attire. And it was great. It was so fun. And I feel like we wouldn't change it now looking yeah. back. It, it was just so sweet and so perfect. Big life events can be stressful. So certainly yeah. having it a year later and not having yeah. that stress. Yeah. Uh, I will I will say this. When I got married, and of course, that was a number of years ago now. Uh, the one thing I learned, because I'd been involved in a number of weddings. I used to do audio for the wedding um, ceremonies. So I, I saw the headaches. I saw the things that could possibly go wrong. So I yeah. wanted to make sure that you know, everything was seamless. And for the most part, it was. And what I did, and people laugh about this, but what I did is for the wedding party, I gave them job descriptions. I, I wow. literally wrote out job descriptions and this is what <laughs> my expectations, and they all had different job descriptions. You know, I had one guy that was responsible for putting the flowers, the centerpieces on the tables at the reception before the reception started, had somebody else, you know, responsible for, uh, you know, different, different aspects of the wedding and they all did their jobs. They performed phenomenally. But the reason wow. why I did that is because I didn't want the stress of having to run around before the yeah. wedding started or even right. between the wedding and the reception of doing all that stuff. So it made it less stressful for me as well. So for, for That's people- That's really smart. Yeah. You know, it sounds, it sounds very um, rigid and <laughs> regulatory, if you want to call it that. But it worked. No. You know? It worked. That would yep. give me peace. If someone was like, this is your job. This is what you have to do to make it go well. I'd be yeah. like, okay, I got this. It's yeah. my one thing. <laughs> so before the wedding, before the wedding started for me, um, I remember I I just walked around and just like a like a boss at a big company, I just walked around and made sure everybody was working. <laughs> Like everybody was doing That's their part, awesome. you know, and I just left it to them. Like, obviously, I'm a, I could be a perfectionist at times. So I could have walked around and said, no, do this, do this, this. No, they already knew their job descriptions. I let them do it. And yeah. and I just, you know, I just kind of paced because I was waiting for my wife to show or my future wife to show. And yeah. uh, despite all my planning, she was still like 10 minutes late. So it's just really, really <laughs> frustrating. Gosh. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. That's oh. amazing. I really so like, everybody did oh. their job except my wife. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll exactly. blame the limo driver. I'll blame anybody but her. Yeah. If I blame her, I'll, of course. I won't hear the end of it, you know? <laughs> uh, Hannah, I was wondering, uh, so, I mean, this this whole pandemonium is is crazy for everybody. How, what is yeah. what is life like for you in the, during these pandemic months, almost, you know, in a year and a bit? What yeah. is it like for you being an artist? Yeah, it's been really interesting. I feel like all across the music industry, we've had to be creative about how to still connect with people because usually we just, you know, jump out on the road and meet people every night. And it's definitely been really different. I think in my case, I feel really blessed because like Jason and I had just gotten married. So the fact that we had a full year to just be at home together and enjoy being married and like get to know each other and squash all the petty arguments about living together. <laughs> um, like it seriously has been such a blessing for us to be together all this time. Um, we had planned in about a month to be home and then we were going to jump back on the road if things were normal. Um, but kind of looking back, just thinking about what a great year we've had together. I'm like, this has been really awesome. And I think God in our case has really made beauty out of something that has been hard. Um, so we've done a lot of Zoom. I feel like I need to start paying Zoom royalties or something because <laughs> there's been so many things that I've done this year, like Zoom concerts and Zoom hangouts. And I've Zoomed into conferences and youth groups. And it's just crazy how much I've used Zoom, especially with songwriting and everything. Like, I think I've written 50 songs this year and most of them have been over Zoom. So without that technology, I don't know what we would have done to keep creating and keep doing what we do. Um, so yeah, it's been a lot of just being at home, um, doing things virtually and trying to just enjoy the time of rest that we've had. Um, but definitely ready to, you know, get life going again. Another thing too, was I really enjoy leading worship. That's just where my heart is. Um, being at home and leading worship with my church family, um, is it's so special. And so during the pandemic, obviously we were all online for church, 
but I still got to go into church and lead worship almost every week. And that really helped me through the pandemic because I feel like I was able to see people I love and still do what I love um, and obviously worship God and serve my church. Um, but it kept me from staying at home 24 seven. Like I was glad I was able to get out once a week and record the service for Sunday. And that really blessed me in 2020. Um, now we're back in person here in Nashville for church, but that was such a bright spot in this year of being able to just go to church and see my church family masked up and everything, but um, still able to serve and do what I love in person. So it was great. There's something to be said about uh, what people have done over the course of the pandemic, because, you know, on one side, you could look at it, say, you know, it's really negative and it's really bad and it's really, you know, frustrating because I can't yeah. do what I do. Uh, maybe you can't go into work and so you've got to work from home or, yeah. you know, the scenario where a lot of people are caught with young children. And so they're oh trying goodness, to do yeah. work at home and deal with kids, especially young kids. Um, oh, bless so, those parents. Yeah. That and so crazy. a lot of frustration, a lot of, you know, um, um, emotional um, ups and downs, a lot of stress, um, and a lot of, um, you know, mental issues, if you want to call it yeah. that. Um, yeah. But looking at things and trying to see the light at the end of the tunnel and look at the bright yeah. spots and, and utilizing that time. And so when, like, I know I've got a neighbor with young kids and, and, She's a nurse, and so she, hmm. you know, has to boot out for work. She, she and her husband were able to uh, work out their schedule where at least one of them would be home uh, with the kids, especially for the online learning. But can yeah. I tell you when 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 he gets home from work, she's gone. Like she's she's had enough, right? <laughs> yeah, she's, yes. She loves oh going goodness. into work because it's yeah. a break, or she loves yep. just yes. getting out and go for, going for a walk because now she's free in a sense, you know. Yes. Totally. So there's there's been a lot of negative stuff over the course of the year, yeah. but but there's you know hearing your scenario as far as you know spending the several months with your husband your new husband yeah. i mean that that would be awesome that'd be like the honeymoon hasn't ended we get to exactly. we get to hang that's, out for that's exactly. what we were saying Longer. like it's been a year of just like our honeymoon has never ended it, it was so so great and i feel like throughout the pandemic like we really were fortunate and just like blessed to be together. But we really spent a lot of time thinking about people who had it a lot harder during the pandemic. I mean, we have a lot of single friends and people who live alone. And we tried to make sure we had like Zoom game nights and just things to connect with people who didn't have somebody to spend quarantine with or people who had a lot of people to spend quarantine with and were ready to get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, I, I do feel like we were blessed to be able to have the situation that we had. Um, and I'm so glad we still got married because we almost thought about just like pushing it until after the pandemic was over. Um, but I'm so glad we didn't because we were able to be together. But yeah, I think everyone, good or bad, however your quarantine was or is, I think we're all going to be thankful for when it's over and life returns to some sort of normalcy. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm I'm looking yeah. forward to just <laughs> hopping in my car with the family and you know going to the beach or yeah. going to a show or or something that you know we haven't been able to see you know that this in person stuff right that this yeah. you know socializing yeah. I'd like yeah. to go to my friend's place he's an hour away just get together and sit in his backyard you know for a few hours just because I can yeah. you know instead of instead of either trying to do it you know without anybody seeing or or not being able to do it and he he's he's not a telephone guy he's not a zoom guy he's a face to face type guy and there's people like yeah. that and I got to yeah. say you know your comment about the single people is so true too like my mm -hmm. my mom she She's a widow, widower, widow, uh, mm -hmm. widow, widower. Yeah, widow, widow. She's a widow. 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 Yeah, sorry, widow. Yeah. Getting my my uh, he she um, yeah, him her type thing. Yeah, you, you're good. <laughs> she, so so uh, so she's a widow, and she's by herself, and she lives yeah. about an hour away from from us. And mm -hmm. uh, like the stuff that she has to go through because you know she's older, so it's not yeah. as safe for her to be out. And she's just right. just dying for that face to face contact. Like you can hear it yeah. in your voice. You can and when you do see her face to face, it's like you can see it in her eyes that she's just like dying to to see oh, people yeah. face to face. And so people like that yeah. single people number one. And also, I, I think I feel bad mostly for single. Uh, particularly older single people and yeah. and those parents of young children like yes. those oh people have got the work cut out for them 
Yes, uh, those they single sure do. single parents of young children too. Oh, that's, oh that's, my goodness. Uh, that's a whole other yes. thing altogether. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh. yeah. yeah. God bless them. Just a special prayer of blessing for all those people right now. Yeah. There Ooh, it is. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm crying out for for going to concerts and playing concerts. I can't, I can't wait. My gosh, I know. Just, to be able Just to imagine ha- that being with people seriously. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Yeah. Um, when you are, you know, uh, as you're sort of, you know, enjoying, you know, the the good moments of of you know, of quarantine of pandemic life or whatever. Um, how has has your writing changed? Has it um, shifted or evolved over the season? I'm hearing yeah, that it actually, from a lot of writers that's happening for them. How about you? Yes, definitely. I feel like it has evolved. Um, it's funny because I have to turn in all my songs that I write to my publisher, and they definitely have noticed that my songs are a lot more personal now than they ever were. Mm-hmm. Um, and my songs have always been fairly personal, but I think now just after a year of reflection and spending a lot of time um, just alone or with my husband, like I just think there's so much value in authenticity and vulnerability. Um, And so I feel like my songs are definitely um, just going to a place where they haven't gone before, where I'm like, man, this is really hard and this is what I'm going through. But man, I found God so much in the middle of it. Um, and I think people are starting to resonate with that. And I resonate with that when I hear a song by an artist and I'm like, I know exactly how they feel and that's how I feel. And I don't feel so alone anymore. Um, I think in a time when we were all so isolated and just felt so alone, um, to be reminded that we're not the only one that feels that way. Like the enemy loves to isolate us and tell us that we are completely on our own and how we're feeling or what we're going through. But I've found that when I write about those things and I share them with others, they're like, man, I feel the same way. So I feel like that's been the major change in my writing of just being willing to go there and talk about things that are hard and always bring bringing it back to God and how I'm finding him in it. But just trying to be a little bit more vulnerable with people that hear my music and hoping to meet them where they are as well. That's perfect. As far as your career is concerned, like what has that meant for for artists that rely on concerts uh, and gigs to to pay the bills? Um, yeah. What what has the last year been like for you? Because you're limited in what you can actually do. Yeah. At first, it was really stressful. Um, just the thought of you know this is our major source of income, and now we can't do it because my husband's also a musician, and um, we go on the road together. So he plays guitar for me, and we sing together, and he does my merchandise, and so pretty much everything we do, we do together. And so for us to not be able to go on the road was like, uh oh, <laughs> this is going to be scary. Um, but it wasn't. And looking back at 2020, like we cannot even explain how faithful God has been to us um, in so many ways. Like whether it was somebody sending us a check in the mail and saying, hey, we're just thinking about you guys. Like we want to bless you. Here's some money. And it was exactly what we needed. Or um, I don't know. It's just been over and over. God has provided for us this year. And it hasn't been anything that we've done. Um, I think God's taught me so much this year about surrender and about how like he's going to honor and bless us um, if we're doing what we're called to do. And it, it's not dependent on me if God is faithful. Like he is faithful all the time. And yeah, it's just been crazy learning to trust God in a new way this year, knowing that I had no shows lined up, that everything was canceled, that I had no music coming out. Um, I, I didn't know where the money was going to come from, but we survived and we made it through. And every month we had everything we needed and then some. Um So it's just been a a big faith builder for us. The other thing that was a huge blessing is my husband got connected with a website where he did remote vocals and production. So that was huge for us as well. Just the fact that he was able to still make music and still do tracks and still um, sing and everything. And we were able to make money through that as well. So that was a blessing for sure. But Man, it's just like God provided everything we needed and it's such it's such a faith builder even for now like we're trying to buy a house right now and I don't know what the market is like for you guys up there but in Nashville it's the craziest home buying market that has ever happened. Like it is so wild. We've put in 15 offers on houses. Um every house that we've offered on has had at least 15 other offers. Oh, um geez. and so 
it's just been crazy. And there's so much like, man, God, are you going to come through for us? Like, are we going to get a house like we thought you promised we would? Um, but then it's like, I look back at 2020 and see that he provided everything I needed just when I needed it. And so for now, I'm looking to the future of hoping for this house and hoping for things that are coming and realizing that God was faithful then and he's going to be faithful now. Um, I don't have to worry about a thing. Like I just have to trust him. So yeah, it's just the past of God's faithfulness definitely helps me to be trusting him and not to worry in this place that I'm in now. I will say the the housing market in Toronto has been pretty crazy as well. Uh, and yeah. multiple offers and uh, ending up selling for higher than the original asking yes. price, that sort of scenario. It's crazy. And then the flip side is I'm hearing on the news about the fact, uh, and may, I'm not sure if this is for residential or commercial, but I'm hearing how rent is going down because um, there's a lot, I guess it would be more the the commercial side of things because companies are not necessarily downsizing in people, but downsizing in office space because more and more people are working from home. And so that's causing, that's driving the prices of rent down because now they've got empty buildings or empty office space. Wow. Uh, That's interesting. Yes. It's, it's just wild to, to see, like I should have, you know, bought shares in, in Zoom or one of these companies (laughs) back when had I, (laughs) I know, had I known, We're all kicking ourselves for not buying shares in Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. So, but the world has certainly changed. And what I, and I, I think I've mentioned this to you, Drew, where I, I, uh, have really liked the, um, the people that have been forced upon or organizations that have been forced upon to adapt to technology. Uh, companies, yeah. you know, maybe yeah. it's a retail space where they were never online before, but now they are because they have to be. Or, yeah. or even churches where, Previously, all they offered was, you know, Sunday services in person, but they were forced to now adapt and provide online services where they never did that before. So it's a big learning curve for them with technology and equipment and all that stuff, uh, whether they pre-record or do live, like all of that stuff has been a learning curve for churches in particular. And and yeah. companies being able to adapt where, you know, at the radio station, I'm practically one of the only, only people that are physically here in the building. Everybody yeah, else is working crazy. from home. So we've got other software that we've adapted to use in the company so that we can still communicate with each other and get the job done. Yeah. Man, it's so crazy how much we've had to be flexible and just learn new skills and yeah, it's been wild. I I never was a Zoom writer ever. Like I always was like, <laughs> I have to write in person. We have to create together. Like you got to get the vibe in the room. But man, some of my best songs this year have come out of Zoom writing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that is. I just feel like everyone's just hungry for that. They're hungry for connection and create creating things. And yeah, I I don't know. But it's definitely been a learning curve. So it's crazy how much we've been able to adapt to the new way of life. I'm still hungry for the in-person stuff. Like I understand yeah, the technology yeah. and the advantage in yeah. this time that we're living in, but yeah. but the in-person thing. I I remember uh, this was probably last summer when you know there were still restrictions in place where I live, and I decided to meet up with a friend of mine. So we ended up going to the coffee shop grabbing something to drink, but we couldn't actually physically sit in the coffee shop because of the restrictions. So we went to a local park just to walk around. And I yeah. and I felt a little bit at odds because I didn't know how to almost, I didn't know almost, I almost didn't know how to have a face-to-face conversation anymore. Yeah. You know, because yes. Yes. We, I think we've lost that ability to a certain extent because we've all been online for so long that yeah. now you're face-to-face and whether, you know, you're using email technology where you're just corresponding back and forth and you say what you need to say in an email and then you hear the response back 10 minutes later or two days later or whatever. But now you're face to face and you can't hide facial expressions. You can't <laughs> hide the inflections in your voice. And yeah. what do you talk about? You know, it just kind of felt weird. Really it's weird. It's so true. Yeah. It's so true. My cousins, um, they were passing through Nashville. They were going to a wedding. 
and they were here this past weekend. And it was so funny because we would all be talking and then we would interrupt each other without meaning to. And we were talking about like, are we just so used to talking on Zoom now that we don't know how to talk to each other in real life? Like, yeah. it was so funny. Jason, my husband was like, oops, sorry, I thought your mic was muted. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny. It's like, I hope that I can regain my my people skills when everything is normal again. If you had a choice now, like if you were able to do a co-write verse, you know, in Zoom or if you had the choice and and you had the ability to be able to meet in person, I guess in person would still be the way to go, right? Yes. Oh, definitely. It's definitely so much easier to write a song when you're in the room with other people. Um, I think Zoom has worked and we've made it work and I'm really grateful for that. But yeah, there's nothing like being in a room with other people and getting to worship and sing and create together. Like that's... There's no substitute for that. I have a friend of mine who's also a musician here in the city, and I haven't seen him face-to-face since, I think, the fall. We did like a little outdoor hang together. And uh, we're talking on the weekend how we want to get back to writing together. We used to write together all the time. And I was like, I'm afraid to actually sit in a room and write with you because I think I just want to hug you the whole entire time. (laughs) (laughs) I just just, like, I miss people. I miss even that, that sense of like, being creative together is such a cool and bonding and intimate thing. I'm like, yeah, I just want to, is this a snuggle? He's like, what? <laughs> I just want to snuggle. <laughs> He's like, Somebody um, put that dude. on a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually a great t-shirt. I just want to snuggle. That's a great t-shirt. You heard it here, folks. You heard it here there first. We go. There we go. All royalties come to the three of us. Thank you. That's right. <laughs> done. Done and done. Oh, man. Yeah, this is this is a crazy season. Really, really crazy. Really I am is. curious as to, um, like, as you are creating and thinking about the future, are, are you also kind of thinking about, like, getting out of the business? Is there any part of you that's kind of like, okay, so let's pretend this doesn't happen anymore. I want, I want out. <laughs> what would I do? Is there any part of you that's sort of on that tangent at all? I mean, I think at the beginning of all this, when we were wondering if it ever would be normal again, um, yeah, everyone yeah. had to have that thought of just like, what would I do if I couldn't do this? Um, but no, I feel like I feel like this is where God has me right now. And this is what I'm going to do. You know, music is what he's given me in this season. So I'm full steam ahead. But if I were to do something else, I know that it would still somehow involve music, whether it's just like being on staff at a church or, um, you know, leading worship full time at a local church or something. Um, I feel like I would still, I would still do music in some way. Growing up, I always wanted to be a teacher. Um, but now the older I've gotten, the more I'm like, I don't know if I could do that. (laughs) I don't know if I could have like 25, seven year olds and have to be responsible for all of them. Like, Oh, that sounds a little scary now, but (laughs) Yeah, I mean, lots of lots of people in the pandemic were like, okay, now I guess I'm like a food delivery driver or I guess I'm working at a hair salon or, you know, all these all these things that we never thought we would do and now we're doing them. Like I yeah, there were so many times I was like, Should I be a ship shopper? <laughs> do you guys have that in Canada? Ship shopping? I thought you said something else. Like, um, like, oh, are you like, no. a, like, a, excuse me, like a personal no. shopper, like a personal shopper. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah like someone yeah. who goes yeah, to Kroger do. for you and gets your groceries and then drops them off at your door. Right. Right. Yeah. Totally. But, yeah. 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 Man. It's just crazy. I feel like, yeah, I really would love to do music as long as I can. But if I had to do something else, hopefully it would still involve music in some way. It's pretty much all I'm good at. Like, I'm not athletic. Um, I'm not really artistic in any other way. <laughs> So this is all I got going for me. <laughs> My 17-year-old daughter is is technically a personal shopper. She works at a grocery store. And can I tell you, they have never been busier. In fact, whenever there's a lockdown yeah. or they increase the number of restrictions that are, are you know being had, they just get busier and busier and busier. And for a 17-year-old, I mean, she shows up for work and many times she's the boss, like she's in charge wow. because she's the most experienced. She picks the order. Now, the particular grocery store that she works for, they don't do deliveries. You have to go and pick up your order. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's basically three job functions, an order picker, which she is amazing at. In fact, wow. she knows, like I'll ask her, you know, where can I find peanut butter? What aisle is it in? She'll know exactly what aisle is in. I don't know where it is. I just look for the signs, right? Uh, yeah. 
yeah. she knows where everything is. And then she's also the uh, person once in a while, although she doesn't do it very often now, where she brings, she's the loader while she'll load up people's vehicles. And then every once while she'll be on phones where, you know, uh, people are calling for their appointments or she's calling them and saying, you know, we're ready with your order. Are you ready outside? That sort of scenario. Um, wow. So there's certain jobs that people have in the world around us now that uh, maybe weren't around a year ago or at least not yeah. as prevalent. And then the flip side to that is there's many jobs I'm sure that are now obsolete. And mm-hmm. and you would almost think that that was happening in the music world. Like uh, we had a conversation with, was it, was it um, Maddie Mullins, Drew, that we had the conversation with where he was saying, you know, forget the musicians, forget about, about the artists. What about all of the secondary jobs right. that are yes. within the yep. industry that these That's guys right. that are, you know, the lighting guys or whatever yeah. that f- yep. do not have jobs right now. Yeah. And, oh. and it'll be a while before they do again. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it's just like, even in Nashville, we have so many historic venues here um, that are not arenas. Like they're just little clubs or whatever that have gone out of business this year. And yeah, that is just yeah. so sad because they're so iconic and legendary, like places that you've really made it in Nashville country music if you've played at these places. Yeah. Um, and that's just really sad. Like I think a lot of Nashville, the community has tried to come together to pool resources and try to keep these places in business. But man, it's just there. Yeah. It's not just the artists and musicians. It's everybody that's involved in the music industry um, has been affected by this and probably more than an artist ever would be because we can make, you know, income from all different revenue streams, but for a crew member or a lighting person, like how else can they, can they do their job? You know, if we're not on the road. So yeah, it's been, it's been tough in the music industry just across the board. Like it's been crazy. Are you at the point now for you personally where things are optimistic enough that you can be booking gigs, be booking concerts or worship times with whether it be churches or actual, you know, summer fe- festivals as a good example? Like I'm yeah. dying for the summer festivals to kick, you know, kick in again. Are are they coming to fruition at this point? They are at the moment. Um, I had stuff that was booked in 2019 for 2020 and then obviously got canceled for the summer. Um, But then it got rebooked for 2021. So it's been on the books since last year. But of course, we had no idea, you know, will any of these summer festivals even happen? Um, But it seems like a lot of them actually are going to happen. It's just outdoors. And maybe we have to do like two shows instead of one. Um, so that people can be more distant and everything, but it does look like some of the shows this summer are going to be able to happen, which I'm hopeful for. And yeah, it it seems promising, but you just never know, like things can get canceled so quickly if things get shut down or if we go in another lockdown or anything, but yeah, I'm hopeful for this summer. I feel like there's going to be some good outdoor concerts that are going to get to happen. And then maybe in the fall touring in churches, like socially distant and all that, but I just don't even know what that's going to look like. You know, I'm not used to a a road life that involves the pandemic. Like I Mm -hmm. I haven't really done any touring this year, so I don't know what that's going to look like, but at least I know there is some hope moving forward, like looking to the future that we will be back out there and we will be doing what we're made to do and what we're hoping to do. So I'd like to be, I'd like to be optimistic enough to say that uh, in the not too distant future that um, you know, you'll have the opportunity or, or in general, there'll be the opportunity to, uh, minister in churches without being socially distant. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Oh, you know? Oh my goodness. It would be the nicest. <laughs> yeah. Like if, yeah. if they're ramping up, you know, vaccines like they're talking about and their goal is to have everybody vaccinated within a region by a certain date, then what's to stop the restrictions being dropped? And, right. you know, I, I'm not against vaccines. I'm not in one of these anti-vaxxers or anything like that. Yeah. But I'm also thinking, you know, when when will life get back to normal? Like, give me some yeah. light at the end of the tunnel, you know? Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yes, I'm with you. I do feel like there will be some normalcy restored. Like, I do feel like that is coming. It may just take longer than we thought. I mean, at the beginning of the pandemic, when we started hearing about covid we thought, oh, it'll be like a month, you yeah, know. We yeah, didn't even yeah. think it would affect our wedding. <laughs> Here we are over a year later and, you know, things have changed, but not much in all this time. Like it's just been a lot slower than we thought. 
I gave it, I think I gave it six months. I had somebody ask me on air, how long did I think it would take? And I said about six months because I was, uh, you know, I, I've lived through the whole, um, what was it the SARS before SARS. and yeah. the, yep. uh, N1H1 and, yeah. and, yep. you know, previous stuff. I actually worked for a company, uh, back then that sold the respiratory masks, the, you know, N95 masks. And so uh, I, that's how, how come I remember those times so well, because you couldn't get these masks. They were always right. sold out. Yeah. Right. Right. And so yeah. I remember, I remember one time and I, this was a number of years ago where w- my family, we decided, and things were opening up. They didn't have as many restrictions back then, but things were opening up in downtown Toronto. I, and I went to an area called the beaches just because, Hey, let's just go and see what's happening and the place was vacant like there was nobody there yeah. except wow. for a neighborhood kid who walked around and he had a mask on and I thought oh I thought we were I thought we were over this you know yeah. and so uh, I'm looking forward to the day where you know we don't have to worry about masks you yeah, know we'll, we'll all be immune or there'll be this herd immunity as they say or we're all yeah, vaccinated yeah. or whatever it takes yeah. let's just get all there. these terms all these terms that all i did not terms. know a yeah. year ago herd immunity quarantine yeah. social distancing yeah. it's like uh, there's so so much a part of our dialogue now but man a year ago i did not know about them <laughs> i only knew the, about them through like you know zombie movies or like quarantine yes. type yeah. movies yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. that's it you're like man that'll never happen i never so, thought oh. i'd be wearing a mask I know, Mm. me either. I remember at the beginning of all this thinking it was so weird to talk to somebody when you're both wearing a mask. Like, man, it's just so bizarre. And now I catch myself not even noticing if they have it on or not. Like that is a weird mental shift. You're like, man, I just had that whole conversation with them and I don't know if they were wearing a mask or not. Right. (laughs) Like, it's just so bizarre. How can our minds change so fast it's yeah. just crazy the one thing you know the one thing that yeah. drew of course you can relate to this is when you wear a mask you don't have to worry about the lipstick anymore right that's right yeah <laughs> i only do my makeup you guys are the like, top man. half my face right top half my face my eyes look amazing <laughs> your Underneath eyes look that, amazing boom they do they do they do oh but like after goodness. the makeup from the nose down not there why You're, bother not well, there the thing why, is, is why, it, why who, bother who would know you even have a beard right <laughs> Well, this is the thing. Wow. And now I have a new I have a new mask that goes all the way down to like almost the bottom of my neck. Yeah. So my That's beard doesn't cool. get messed up because, yeah. you know, the beard look is very important to me, obviously. Very important. Yes. Thank Priority. you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Heather. So, uh, uh, Hannah, so so here's the thing. So here we are now. With my, you can see my makeup. See my eyes? Right? I look good, I right? I, I look good. I really wish uh, I could. I'll, I'll text you a picture. Hold on. I, just put- I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know we were quite going there. I was just, you know, just oh a quick my. comment and, and yeah. No, no, no. Too much information. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is my pandemic routine, my friend. I got to look good like, for hello. the, for no one, apparently. For no one. <laughs> and, and all dressed up and nowhere to go. Well, nowhere to go. That's right. <laughs> and, and speaking of being dressed up, look at all the money that's being saved on clothes in general, right? Because everybody's You're wearing so their PJs, right. right? That's true. I'm wearing the yeah. same five pairs of leggings all the time. <laughs> <laughs> same not, well, no, not leggings. Same. can i can i, can I be I'm too, I'm too chubby for leggings can i be brutally that? honest right now can i can i be brutally honest are, aren't Please. we already being brutally well honest? we are we yeah. are uh so a number of weeks ago things were opening up in in toronto and they were opening up the malls and some of the stores inside the malls and as soon as they did that the the malls were were packed. I mean, the yeah. the, the government yeah. people were basically saying, "Look, folks, let's not go nuts and just pack out all the malls." But <laughs> and I wasn't one of them. I'll, I'll say that. But I, sure. I I certainly can relate to why they were packed. Just because they were all totally. shut down for so long. So long. And totally. and as an example, like I'm, I've got these jeans on. These are my favorite jeans. And I and I've got a hole in an area that I wouldn't say want. It. Uh, say I, it. I can't say, say where it, it is. But say it. But it, it's it's in an area that I wouldn't want wouldn't want people to be looking at. Uh, the and ankle. notice and sure, if, if that's what you want to say, <laughs> those sexy ankles, yeah. yeah, baby. It's in an area where I would I would not want people to notice as a whole. And, the, the, the undercarriage. And ex- thank oh you, thank you. And so I can't. <laughs> So I, I I I can't order jeans online. I'm sorry. Like you you got to try them on. You and so I would have been first yeah. online, first in line at this store to to buy these jeans. And of course, then everybody packs them all. So I'm kind of waiting. I actually called the store. I said, so uh, you know, if I show up to your store, uh, is there a lineup? They said, oh yeah. As soon as we open, there's an hour long lineup for people oh to get in the God. store. What? Yeah. So 
That is wild. Yeah. So I, I thought, well, let me just wait a few weeks, and then then they then they shut everything down again. So I got yeah. So I'm wearing these jeans. So you missed your jean window. I missed my jean window. <laughs> but but I guess what I'm saying is is people haven't been shopping for certain things as much because of lockdowns and restrictions, and mm-hmm. so that's been a cost savings for people. Because they're yes. wearing their PJs or they're wearing their leggings or whatever else. They only have yes. to worry about the shirt they're wearing because of Zoom. So they look decent for that. But otherwise, uh-huh. I'm sure that there's been, you know, declining sales in certain areas, not just clothing, yeah. but other areas as well. Um, I know sure. people that are working from home, as an example, they're not driving their vehicles as much. They're saving on gas. Yes. A lot of them That's are so taking true. their insurance off their vehicles temporarily because they're not yeah. driving. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. I will say this, though, um, and I'm not a car expert, but I have a car guy coming on my show in the morning show every once in a while. And he said the concern he's seeing or what he's seeing now is as people do get into their vehicles, uh, their vehicles are are getting expensive to overhaul and fix because of the things wow. that have happened to the vehicle because they haven't been driven, right? That yes. makes sense. Yeah, yes. it does. Yeah, that's very true. But for the short term, they're very saving true. on gas, they're saving on insurance. and Insurance. Um, yeah. So a lot of this stuff is going to be, you know, different as it comes, as people come back to work and stuff. It's going to be like, you know, more expenses again or or people all of a sudden buying a bunch of clothes that they didn't have to before, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, New wardrobe. Yeah. yeah. There it is. I don't know yeah, how we yeah, got so into back, this, but. Back to the hole in your pants. So have you thought about Oh, come about on. Maybe, we're, we're beyond have that. Have you thought about maybe like crossing your legs when you sit down? That way no one can actually <laughs> see the hole. Uh, I never did. I never you did. You options. Yeah. I, like, like, come on, Drew, dude. Drew, I never, I don't think. I don't think I ever indicated where the hole was. I think you kind of assumed and you made... said you didn't want anybody to know or well, you know, can we rewind the tape, please rewind it, the tape. It, let's yeah. do it. <laughs> well, let's for argument's sake, let's just say it's the ankle, like Hannah said. Oh, oh okay. okay. That's the ankle. That's yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, you when I was a, that right up. When I was a kid <laughs> when I was a kid, I grew up in a poor family. There's a st- song about that. But when I was a kid, it was actually okay to put patches on jeans, you yeah. know, that the yeah, jean yeah, yeah, patch yeah, yeah. or whatever. Totally. I don't yeah. think that's a fashion statement these days. Not that I'm trying to be a fashion statement, but, you know, maybe I'll have You're to like, put a patch. I am a fashion icon. Yeah. Not exactly. me. Not me. <laughs> You're an influencer like me, bro. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you right, know what? Let's go back to that. <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah. Influencer. I don't like that term anyways. I, I think there's too many people own that make, it, own it, baby. Ma- own it. make a living on this term influencer and all they do is, you know, get a bunch of people following them on Instagram and that makes them an influencer and so they can make money doing that. Really? <laughs> it's so bizarre. I mean, I'm like, it is. It, is it really is. It's, an, yeah. it's a bizarre way to make a living is what I'm thinking, yeah, you know, and, and long term. Like I, I look at anything that you do, whether you're an artist or a musician or a guy that works in radio like me. Um, <clears throat> what is your long-term, um, objective? What is your long-term right. job? And I don't see an influencer yeah. being uh, this quote unquote influencer being a long-term, long-term gig for anybody. Right. Yeah. You know, but that's just, I know we're way off topic. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I'm with you. I'm so, here. <laughs> so yeah, back to Hannah, cause Hannah's our guest today. Yes. Yes. I so, am. So, yeah. So, Thank you guys. <laughs> yeah. Surprise. Oh, Hannah's Woo. back, folks. She's back. Yeah, should we get started on the podcast? <laughs> should we get started? There we go. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So let's let's talk new music because obviously yeah. The, yeah. The, it's questionable as far as, you know, when you'll actually be performing, uh, you know, on a regular basis and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, concerts and whatever else. But certainly new music, that can't stop you from, you know, nothing can stop new music from coming down. You've got a new yeah. single that's uh, on the radio now. We're playing it. What else is on the horizon? Oh, thank you. Yeah. So I, like I said before, I've written a lot of songs in the past year, more than I've ever written before, like just creating every day. And so I had, I mean, before the pandemic hit, I had this whole like five song EP that I was going to add to my Listen More EP that I released in 2019. Um, and it was going to be a full album. But I've written so many songs this year and I feel like I've I've just come so far from where I was then um, that I'm just making a whole new album. Um, mm. So Same God, my single that I just put out, is going to be the first song off of that upcoming album. Um, so I have no idea when that's being released, but I am really excited about it. Like the songs are just songs that I, I would listen to as a listener. And I, I've always liked Christian music. Like I've always been a fan of it. Um, but I feel like for the first time I'm creating music that I'm excited about in a way that I haven't been before. 
Um, so hopefully that will be coming out, I think, in 2021 at some point. But is the album finished? Really like, you, have you finished recording and everything? No, I haven't actually recorded anything yet, except um, for except for same God. Right. So it's it's a wide open thing right now. But I just have like I've been listening through the songs just to see what we'll probably end up cutting, and um, it's just been it's exciting. It's an exciting thing with just like a blank canvas to create something new. So I'm excited. That's if cool. you if you need any hand, I know somebody at a record label. Um, just you know. As a, <laughs> Oh, cool. A thought. I'll just send you. I'll send you every song. Listen through the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, perfect, yeah. perfect. Actually, I'd love that. I'm, yeah. I'm being serious now. If you want to have, yeah, send yeah. me all the songs, That'd I'd love great. to listen. I love getting these advanced listens on. You know, one of the perks of my job is being able to do, be able to do that. So yeah, yeah, that's true. Anytime you want to do that, I'll have a listen for sure. All right, there sounds yeah. good. There you go. Well, listen, <laughs> Hannah. Thanks so much for hanging with us once again on Between the Grooves. Um, it just uh, that was uh, that was a fun conversation. Uh, mm-hmm. Great to see how really the negative pandemic thing has not necessarily been a, neg- a negative thing for you, like the way you've approached it and the way things have come down for you. That's that's you know you talked about surrender, surrendering and trusting God and trusting yeah. His faithfulness and whatnot. And that is, I guess, all you can do yeah. in this day and age, and and to embrace it, and by embracing it. Uh, have a great year. Yeah. I feel like God really has taught me a lot about perspective this year of just like, there's always going to be good and bad in any season and we can choose to focus on the bad or we can choose to focus on the good and believe that he's making something good out of everything. So yeah, it really has been a good year and I feel really blessed um, everything that's happened. So thanks for letting me share it with you guys. This was great. Oh, Hannah. That was like just so much fun, and it felt like a catch up. It felt like, <laughs> you know, what I mean, it felt like a a catch up conversation rather than like a podcast episode. Yeah, I mean, we were goofing around a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. but we can do that with Hannah, and yeah, totally. but yet there's some serious stuff that we talked about too. Yeah, you know, talking about the surrender and trusting in God and and His faithfulness, and it, it's such a timely message given you know, the last year that everybody's been through, whether you're in the music business or not. And so just to see how she has adapted and how, you know, how that has impacted her life and her marriage and and everything else, like looking at the positive elements to all of it, because it's so easy to look at negative stuff. But now looking at the positive side of what's happened and transpired over the last year for her is is awesome. It's so, so good. I'm always thankful that we can to chat with artists like her and it was great to hear yeah about her marriage and what's happening in her home life and uh, what's happening with her musically and how you know she's shifting in her writing you know it being coming out more personal and more intimate yeah it just felt like a really great catch-up conversation this is good i like when we can have these repeat guests come back and we can chill and hang out and talk over coffee I'm thankful for this conversation with Hannah Kerr. Yeah, make sure you check out hannahkerrmusic.com to find out the links to her music, all the events that are upcoming, and of course, her social media. There we go. Now it's time for artist advice. And today we have my old friend, Jordan St. Cyr. I get this question a lot, and I think it's continue to make it about people. That's why we create music. It is to serve them, not, you know, it, it is therapy for us. It does serve our hearts, but I think we're the byproduct. If we do it for people and we make this earth a better place, um, we are serving them first. And uh, out of that, we get fed. Make it about people. It makes sense. Yeah. It was, it <laughs> was good. It was interesting what he had to say about the fact that it's kind of therapy for you as an artist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but remembering to make it about people uh, just and his comment about making the earth a better place. Um, it doesn't sound like a very you know Christian or religious thing to say, but really it, it mm. is. It is when you think about it, right? Because you're you're serving God, you're writing music, um, and you're you're um, producing music, and you're doing it for yourself. But you have to remember right. you're doing it for others as well. That's right. It, whether you are uh, uh, writing for you know worship in the church, or whether you're writing like CCM pop tunes, we are creating these incredible little like 
musical lifeboats for people, you know, mm-hmm. all these, these little spots for, for safety and for comfort and for, um, celebration and for remembering, you know, the God that we serve, all we all these things. And so it's always with the people in mind, We're always trying to create something that can really, really connect to people. And yeah, obviously you want it to connect to yourself. So it is. <laughs> it is therapy. It definitely is. How many times have you seen in the past where maybe you've written a song or, you know, you've heard an artist write a song and then you hear the story behind that song and it's so meaningful on yeah. on what they've gone through and why they created what they created. But then to hear after the fact about other stories from people that can relate to that song, right. but their stories are completely different. Yes. And I know Jordan has had that in our conversation that we had with him, I guess it was last year on Between the Grooves, where he talked about just that, where he had written a song and this is what the song was written about and and what it meant to him. And then he's hearing comments from other people that that are relating to the song in totally different ways. And it's so meaningful for them in different ways uh, that he never even imagined. So, yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's right. Great words of wisdom from Jordan St. Cyr. And that is it for this week. We are out of time. Oh my goodness. There's the music. It's time for us to go. Remember to subscribe to the podcast for new episodes every Monday. And do us a favor. Leave us a rating, uh, even a review. That just helps us reach more people all the time. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Between Grooves. Connect with us, follow us, you know, all that kind of stuff. We'd love to see you there on those platforms. And we'll see you later right here on Between the Grooves. Between the Grooves.